Good day, everyone. This is Matt with the Cup of Freedom. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Today is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice in Him. I've got my cup of coffee. It's a Texas Grounds coffee, a, a company here in South Texas that I uh, just got recently and have enjoyed this cup of coffee. So I hope you're enjoying a cup wherever you are listening from. This is a podcast where we celebrate all things freedom in Christ. The Son has set us free. We are now free indeed, and now we could, we talk about how we can live from the freedom that Jesus Christ has already provided us. And we drink some really good coffee, so it's coffee and Jesus, Jesus and coffee. Glad you are with us today. It's a beautiful day here in South Texas. I hope you are enjoying your day wherever you are. And thank you for listening, by the way. Uh, so we are rounding third base here and coming from home on a series we've been doing on belief systems. Do you like that little baseball uh, analogy I gave there? I'm a huge baseball fan, and baseball season is getting close to being upon us. So I thought, I thought I'd throw a little baseball analogy there. But we've been talking about belief systems. And uh, if you've been with us this whole time, we're going to try to round <laughs> third base here and pull up into home and bring this bring this home here. Uh, you never really bring it home because we're always growing and maturing in what we already have in Jesus. But we've been talking about how the the, the behaviors that we do, the, the 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 thoughts that we have, all of this comes from belief systems. And so, if our beliefs are lies, we will not act beyond what we believe consistently. Okay, behavior follows belief. We've started all off on that, so I would encourage you to go back if you missed that. I don't want to rehash all of that, but but we we started talking about last time. Well, how does this transformational journey? What does this look like? And I want to kind of bring this home today with some practical examples: the, the renewing of the mind, and then maybe give you some some practical questions at the end because this is the core of what I do with uh, with clients that I work with because. They think, well, I just need to figure out how to have more willpower, be stronger in in saying no to these behaviors. When the reality is, is that they've tried they've tried all those things and it doesn't work. So it's their their behavior is connected to a belief system, and it oftentimes is triggered by an emotional trigger or a or something that happens a circumstantial trigger, but it's connected to a belief. And so I want to I want to go through this because this is so important. Um, and, and here's the thing, you know, if we continue to see ourselves wrongly or be- believe these lies about ourselves, one lie, one lie that we believe about ourselves can can uh, trickle into so many other lies. The, the the lie that I had about myself of being unworthy being invaluable, that was basically the core lie, trickled into so many other lies of lies about God, lies about other people. Well, if someone rejects me, so if if I consider myself to be unworthy and unlovable and invaluable, when somebody rejects me, that's a view of them. It's more more a view of 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 them than it is of me, but I took it as me. Well, they, they rejected me because I'm unlovable, so it just reinforced that, right? So, uh, and then on God, well, because I'm unworthy, I got to prove my worth to God by doing a bunch of religious things, right? So all of this just trickles into, and we don't see it, it bleeds into other areas of our lives. One core lie, one or two core lies can lead into this uh, facade of this life that we have. And, and, and if we ever, if we were to get a chance to take a step outside of our lives to see that we're actually living out of this facade, we're living out of 
these sources of trying to get the world and other people to like us and God to approve of us and 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 because we because we don't see ourselves accurately the way God sees us that lie just trickles into every area of our lives and it goes into our behaviors especially when it comes to Addictions. If you see yourself at the core, if you believe that you are unworthy, unlovable, no good, dirty, rotten, whatever, you're going to go to those type of behaviors and activities. You are, and, and it's going to be. It's not. You're not going to be able to control that because you do not have an accurate view of yourself. So when we see ourselves wrongly, it's a misinterpretation of who we are. And so the journey that we're on, the renewing of the mind, what I really want to talk about today is, is what we really need is an accurate view of ourselves based on God's truth, based on what he has accomplished, not just for us, but to us, who he has made us to be. Once we begin to, this is not just about agreeing with God, but it's, it's, it's becoming convinced. The Holy Spirit is constantly convincing us of what is already true. Just because I don't agree with God that I'm lovable doesn't mean it's not true. Because one of us is wrong, and let me tell you, it's not God. <laughs> so the fact that I, I'm believing that I, I'm unlovable, uh, well, I'm wrong because I, everything may, in my life may show me that I'm unlovable, maybe, maybe in reinforcing that, but that's not the truth of who I am. So, and then we get stuck because we get stuck. We're not growing up spiritually in, 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 in knowing who we are. Because we are not seeing that the enemy has done a great job of deceiving us and we're not seeing the truth of what he's done and what he's accomplished. We're still trying to earn or go after something that we already have. God says you're a new creation. Do we believe him? God says he's in union with us. Do we believe him? God says we are holy and blameless and righteous. Do we believe him? God says that he, his life is now in us. We are, we are in this perfect union with him. Do we believe him? God, God says he set us free from the power of sin. Do we believe him? So believe one lie, and it can trickle into all these others. And before we know it, they, they become so entrenched that we don't even see that we're living out of these lies. And when the lie becomes truth, and we're living out of that, what's true to us, which is a lie, then there's the reason why we're going to these behaviors. We're, it's a, it becomes a default for us. We're responding out of this. So I want to go to this scripture first. I started it out last time, but I want to go to this first. This is 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. I use this a lot because this is talking about where the real battle is. The real battle is in the belief systems and in our minds. So uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, it says, For though we live in the world, here it is, we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Okay, what are the weapons of the world? There are all kinds of things. Prove your worth. Go out and get your word. Do what you do. You know, do whatever you do. Whatever you want to do. Just do whatever feels good. Feel if it feels good, right? Whatever. Okay. On, but it said, on the contrary, they have divine. Our weapons have divine power. Okay, that's a key word there. Divine power to demolish strongholds. Another key word. What is the stronghold? The stronghold, well, I'll come back to that. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. There's that word. I want to end there real quick, just a thought on obedience, because this is what we're, this is not talking about obedience and behavior. 
This is talking about, if you notice there, it says we take every thought captive. This is obedient thoughts. When, we, when I'm of sound mind, I'm believing and thinking truth. What's already true of me doesn't change, but I'm now believing it and thinking it. That's obedience. This is not, has nothing to do with me going out and doing a bunch of right things. But This is talking about obedience of thought. Maybe you've never thought of it that way. You've always thought, well, I just got to get my behavior. I got to get my act together. God's just waiting for me to get my act together. No. He's saying, I want you to believe me. I want you to believe the truth about what I've accomplished for you and to you and in you. And so we take that. That's what's, the, that's what's been the stronghold in our mind and our beliefs. That's what is being demolished. That's what's being, those strongholds that are there that have been entrenched for so long, that's what's being, and guess what is, guess what's doing it? It's the divine power. It's the divine power that we have of Christ in us. That's our weapons, okay? And, uh, and so they demolish these strongholds. We demolish the arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Okay, all of that. We've talked about those opponents, the flesh. The power of sin, uh, the enemy, the lies of the enemy, the world, circumstances, all of those that set itself up against the knowledge of God. And then we take captive. So taking captive is just, okay, Lord, and we're going to go through this. I'm going to give you some questions here. Okay, Lord, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking right now. But what is true? What is true? Remind me today. What is true? What I already have in you and we take that that's the obedient that's the obedient life that Christ is calling us to inviting us to it's not behaviors Jesus didn't die on a cross so we could become just free in behavior from pornography or alcohol or whatever no he died on the cross to forgive us of our sin and set us free from the power of sin so now we can actually believe and become obedient we become obedient by believing in what he has done and thinking on what he has done. That's what this scripture is talking about. It's not talking about an obedience of behavior. I used to read it like that all the time. Well, now, now that I'm get, taking this thought captive and giving it to God, I'm going to start acting in a certain way. No, it's the obedience of thought and belief. And we're invited, we're invited to choose to live from the truth of who we already are. So God says we're new. Here's an obedient thought. Okay, God, I'm new because you've made me new. Okay, uh, God says that I'm holy, righteous, and blameless. Okay, God, uh, I'm I'm believing and thinking that that is true because you've met that you don't you don't just see me that way. You're not just pretending and fooling yourself. You're not putting your Jesus glasses on. No, you've made me to be these things. You've made me a new creation. You've made me holy, righteous, and blameless through my new birth in Jesus Christ. That's what was accomplished on the cross and resurrection. We need to focus on what was accomplished there, and that can renew our beliefs and our minds. Okay, but that's that 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 phrase there, taking every thought captive, is going to be going going to be important here as we go through. Okay, so again, lie if you if you're believing lies about yourself, which I to me is the core, because all this stuff is happening. We have a behavior that we can't seem to stop. Okay, and so the core, the core lie is really about ourselves. And we transfer then all these other trickle into lies about God, other people, even in how we're supposed to find freedom over this behavior. And it's all identity. It's all about identity and who we are in Jesus. So God's not wrong. God's not wrong about you. And if you don't agree with it, or if you're not thinking truth, it doesn't change the reality of the fact that you are still in Christ, just because you don't agree with what God says about you or what he's done to you, 
then doesn't make it not true. Because, again, the Holy Spirit is trying to convince us of what is true, and the more we agree with Him, the more we actually believe and our minds are renewed to that, this is solical growth. This is spiritual growth. So much of the time we think growth is going out and doing a bunch of religious activities. No, spiritual growth is actually right here. Thinking obedient thoughts unto Christ. <laughs> believing believing, and believing in what is true about us. What, what, if, what if that was spiritual growth? Believing how free you are in Jesus and having him renew your mind to that and, and thinking that. It's not prideful. It's not boastful because it's not, it's not anything about what you're doing or not doing. It's all in what he's accomplished, but it gives you this God confidence. Your, your confidence grows because you know who you are. You don't have to wear the facade anymore, the fake identity of anything, because, um, because this is now transforming your beliefs. So we need God's accurate view of us. We need, we need to know who he has made us to be. Because if we're living in this lie, it's going to con- we're going to continue to get the same results in whatever area of our lives that happens. So I use this example. I'm going to give you a. So I, I talked last time about below our behaviors is our our emotions, below our emotions are thoughts, and then below that are beliefs. Okay, so we always think typically what we're told to do is focus on the behavior or to deal with the emotions. You know, try to have more willpower, do all these things to, you know, change the behavior, okay, self-improve, whatever. Then the emotional part of it is the therapeutic approach of trying to get yourself to feel better, right? Well, and God, there's never a time in Scripture where God tells us to, to try to feel better. No, he's, this taking our thought captive here is thinking on what is true, believing on what is true. So until we go to the belief systems, the thoughts, things will not change. I gave you several examples last time, so uh, or, or a few episodes ago too. So, but I want to give you this today. So this is kind of a kind of an example. Typically, what happens in our lives when we, we have these behaviors and actions that we can't seem to stop. So what happens is so, something triggers it, some type of circumstantial thing or, or some emotional trigger or whatever. So we have the emotion there, right? We have the emotional trigger, but the emotions are connected to our beliefs. Okay, so it's filter, and we draw out of this emotional response. We don't see that it's connected to our thoughts and beliefs, so we draw a conclusion. We we interpret this, okay, and we come to a conclusion. Okay, so so someone rege- let's use this example. Someone rejects us at work or whatever. Someone rejects us. So our belief is, well, I'm invaluable. I'm unworthy. I'm reject. I'm unacceptable. So that happens. Okay, that person rejected us. So that trigger. That's the trigger. Okay, that's the event that triggered us. We interpret this, well, yeah, I sure am unacceptable. Look at look at what happened, right? So the feeling there, obviously, the feeling was sadness, you know, shame, whatever that may be, but it goes to the belief system. And so the action may be to throw a self-pity party for ourselves or to go and just uh, escape with whatever we, we, you know, whatever coping mechanism we've chosen. But I want you to see that it wasn't the event and the other person it was our belief system that was reinforced and it was triggered there. I use this example. It's kind of silly, but I've used this. So imagine you're sitting at home by yourself in an evening. You're sitting home, and I'm, I'm think about this example here of what I'm talking about, okay? This is why we keep doing what we're doing. It's this shame cycle. It's this sin cycle. It's this continuous cycle 
that we keep living in. And here's why we're living in it. So this, here's the example. You're sitting at home by yourself. You're, you're watching TV. It's a quiet evening. And all of a sudden, you hear this scratching and tapping and knocking at, at the window. And so there's the event, right? There's the, there's the trigger. But see, the, so the emotion that comes up is fear. Fear. Oh, man. So let's just imagine for a minute that you believe... Okay, go to your beliefs again, that you believe in that moment because you've made an interpretation, you've come, you're coming to a conclusion that someone's trying to break into your house. Let's just say that's the belief. So, so you hear the noise on the window, the feeling is fear, you come to the conclusion, you interpret that as somebody's trying to break into your house, somebody's trying to get in. Okay, so the response may be calling 911, or the response may be getting down on the floor, hiding, or the response, whatever that may be, right? Okay, that's the action. But let's, let's go back for a minute, and let's, let's come to find out that you realize it's a cat scratching at your window. <laughs> okay, so the same event, same trigger, still the emotion was still there. In the beginning, you're fearful, but then the belief is, oh, wait a minute, that's a cat. I, and you, you, you kind of investigate, and you realize, oh, that was just a cat that was scratching on the... See how this affects us? And so the response is, oh, that's just a cat. I don't need to let that. Still had the same trigger, still had the same, um, the same emotion, which was fear, but now I'm operating on a belief. Oh, that was just a cat. If, I, if that was my thought, right, my belief, oh, that's just a cat. That's just an animal scratching at the door. See the difference in response? I can just respond, oh, yeah, it's just an animal versus I'm going to panic. I'm going to go. I think someone's breaking in. I'm going to go. I use this as an example. It's silly, kind of, but it gives us an example of why we're doing what we're doing. Okay, so an event happens. A trigger comes our way. There's an emotional response there, an emotional trigger, but it comes from belief. And we make an interpretation. And if we make a misinterpretation, then we're operating out of this lie, this lying belief. Okay. So again, the enemy wants to keep us deceived in these belief systems. Okay. So here, here's another example of how this goes. He, he wants us to be, he wants us to be deceived in these belief systems and we end up choosing to accept it, and it becomes reinforced over and over and over again. They're self-feeding systems because now we've accepted the lie as truth. So let's just say you're someone who thinks, who believes you're a failure. You think and believe you're a failure. And let's say at work or something, or just in your life, you succeed at something. So you, you've got the blind belief that you're a failure. Not that you've had moments of fail, failing in your life. Not talking about that. This is not about never failing. But you, your core identity now is you believe you're a failure, and then you succeed at something. So let's say that's the event. That's the trigger, right? You succeed at something at work. You, you, did, a, you did a great job on that project that your boss gave you, okay? So, but here's the thing. So you, you're interpreting that now, and maybe your boss gave you all kinds of accolades and all kinds of way-to-goes and all this kind of thing. But remember, your core belief is I'm a failure, Okay, so you interpret this as you can interpret this to one of two ways. Again, if your belief system is I'm a failure, that's your stronghold. I want you to see that that's the stronghold it's talking about here in uh, in Second Corinthians. That's the stronghold that you have. That's the argument. That's the pretension that you have in knowing the truth and knowing God. That's that's what's setting itself up again. That's that you've had that stronghold for so long, maybe. And so you, so you succeed, okay? But here it may be, oh, well, boy, that sure was lucky because I, I'm just a failure. I'm, I must have, man, I don't, know how I, I don't know how I did that this time. Boy, look at, all, look, look at all that failure I had to go through just to get to this point. 
just to get one success, right? Um, you know, how, how weird is it for a loser like me to ha- be successful in this, right? Those are the things that may come out. <laughs> We've probably all said some of these kind of things before in our life. That's one way. The other one is, well, now, if, now if the person doesn't now, let's say the, let's, so that's, that's, that's kind of where that belief comes. Now, let's say same, such same scenario, right? So you've drawn that interpretation. You're a failure. Even when you succeed at something, you still can't embrace or accept the truth and receive that because you're still living out of the core belief, well, that was just luck. That was just, but let's go the other way. Let's say now you've failed. So you already have the core belief that you have a failure, but you did not do a very good job on the project. The, the boss has given you all kinds of uh, flack about it. And so here it is. This is kind of, well, I knew I would fail at this. I knew what man, I knew what, what a loser I am, what a failure I am. I just can't help it. This is just who I am, just a failure. So both ways, okay, I want you to see both ways, whether you succeed or fail, because the core lying belief is that you are a failure. Whether you succeed or fail is not even the, the point at that point, because you still got the lying belief, the core belief, which is I am a failure. So you can't even embrace success because um, because you just, you don't believe it to be true. And so this is why, and I'm going to start, I'm going to kind of end these last probably 10 minutes or so with, first of all, how does this renewing the mind happen? But we've got to develop a stronghold of truth in our lives. This is what's going to demolish the stronghold of these lying beliefs. And so this, and this is how it happens. The spirit is continually trying to convince us as we begin to recognize what these lying beliefs are, that's where we take the thought captive. Here's an action step for you. Take as a take as a verb. So I take that thought and belief. Wait a minute. Is this is this true? Based on your word, God, is this true? That I'm a failure. I may have failed in my actions at times, but I am not a failure in my core identity. Okay? I take that thought. I take that thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Again, that obedience is obedient of thought. Okay? So, I've, but I've got to have a stronghold of truth. What does God say about me? What does God believe about me? What has God done to accomplish me? I'm deeply loved by God. I'm deeply accepted and free in Christ. I am complete, completely forgiven and fully accepted and acceptable. I'm a new creation. I'm absolutely complete in Christ. I'm in union with him. That has to be my foundation or my stronghold of truth. And once I have that, then God's going to begin to renew. Once that is once I'm believing that to be the be, be the truth more and more, then those other things that happen in my life will not have as much impact. It still doesn't mean that that having a boss get on us isn't going to affect us. I'm not saying that. But now when the boss comes at me, I can still believe I'm not a failure. Okay, let me learn from this experience. Let me grow from this. But this may say more about the other person than it does about me because I'm going to stand on truth. The stronghold of truth in me is Christ is in me. That is what is true. Okay, so... That's where we've got to have, and, 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 you know, if this is a struggle for you in believing the truth of who you are, I would encourage you to go through a, a few scriptures that uh, would be something that you can really put to memorization or thought or really focus on as these are some scriptures that I can build my stronghold on 
because that's your weapon. That is your weapon. What is your weapon that you're going to fight with? It's Christ in you. Your superpower weapon is that you're, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Your, your weapon is that the Holy Spirit is convincing you that you're fully loved and fully acceptable. Your, your weapon is that you have the Spirit of, of Christ in you to, to um, fight the flesh and fight the power of sin and battle that. You can't do it. You submit to Him. You yield, you yield to, the, to the Spirit of Christ in you. That's the weapons that you fight with. It's Christ. The weapons are Christ in you. That is the weapons. And those will, are the one that he is the one that will demolish the stronghold. Okay? So that's, that's one. So I want to kind of give us some questions here as we go because remember, emotions connected to beliefs, and ultimately that's what leads to action. So here's some questions. And we think about, we think about kind of going through this, this process, but, and I wanted to make sure I said that first developing that stronghold of truth that foundation of your identity, that is, that will be, and is the most important key. And then the second one is, is, is living from Christ as your source. He is the source. He is the weapons, if you will, to defeat the strongholds, to demolish the strongholds, to demolish the arguments and all these pretensions. His life in you, he is the source to do that. Not, you don't have to learn anything new or go out and find, get something that you're lacking. No, you already have the divine power because it says that in there, the divine power is the one that's going to demolish the strongholds. You have it, Christ in you. He is the only power that can defeat those strongholds and demolish those strongholds and the demolish those lying beliefs. And that's what he promises to do, which in Romans 12, 2, he says, we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Okay, so here's some questions as we kind of go through this. Because your beliefs are influencing your thoughts and your emotions, and then your actions, okay? So those false beliefs, again, are those the, the lies that we've chosen to believe over time, and they can, they can absolutely generate lying thoughts, the emotions are there, and then ungodly actions. Um, and so we don't have to feel this. We don't have to think this way. We don't have to believe this way. We can believe on truth. So here, let's start with this. So first of all, the trigger happens first question can be, well, what feeling am I experiencing in this? I talk to guys all the time, and I'm going to do a series next on emotions, and this will help. This will help lead into that. But what is it that I'm feeling in this moment? My boss just came at, let's use the example of, of a project at work. My boss came at me and is getting on to me about this project. So maybe the feeling is um, the feeling is just a feeling of defeat, a feeling of failure, a feeling of shame, whatever that may be, right? A feeling of sadness, a feeling of, of just anger, whatever that may be, right? So, what is the feeling? Okay, what is it that I that what is it that I'm feeling? That's a great question to ask yourself. So, I would, if you don't have a pencil, I'd get get that out. So, so what is it that I'm feeling? And as you begin, as you begin to kind of kind of go through this, I want you to kind of filter filter through this in this way. Okay, what is the worst thing about this situation? Here's some things that could lead to the feeling. What is what is the worst thing about this situation? How is it affecting me personally? What is the main problem in this that's making me feel bad? And describe the worst part of this feeling. I'm giving you some maybe some homework or some action steps in this to get to that core feeling. You don't have to one of the ways I do this with guys to give them a language is to narrow it down to about four or five emotions so they don't have to think about it's it's mad, sad, glad, afraid and and shame. 
So we think about it, mad, am I mad, am I sad, am I glad, am I afraid, which is the fear emotion, which is one of the big ones, and then shame, or shame. Shame is a feeling that can lead to a core identity, okay? But probably one of those first four are going to be one of, one of the core ones, and shame also is in there as well. So, so go through that, okay? What is, the, what is the feeling? Okay, so my boss came at me, and I... You know, they, they, they were, um, you know, just, oh, man, you can't, you, you, you didn't do this project right, whatever that may be. And then you get to finally get down to it and you realize the feeling is, um, is sadness because you're like, I can't do anything right. The worst, thing in the, the worst thing that could happen in this situation is I may lose my job or, I, you know, this, this may affect my ability to be able to do things at work or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I'm using this as one example, but think about certain triggers in your own life, okay? So why why am I feeling this way? What, okay, first of all, what is the emotion? Why am I feeling it this why am I feeling it this way? Because the truth is, I may be taking the situation too personally, okay, for me to feel this badly, okay? I may have not done a good job on this project and my bosses, but that doesn't mean that I have to take it personally and, and cut to the core of who I am. I'm not a failure, even though I may not have done the job that my boss wanted to do in this situation. See what I'm saying? And then, and then here's where it gets deeper. Okay, it's, we're going to, what, do, what is it that I feel, but why do I feel it? Because then here is, here's where it connects to the belief. What specific false belief about myself is causing that painful feeling? So I feel sad. Because because the belief is, oh, I'm just a failure. I'm a loser. Of course, of course, this is what happened because I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I'm, I'm no good. I'm whatever. That's the belief, but it was connected to the feeling of sadness or, or whatever that feeling is. See what I'm saying? So I'm using that. So, so, um, so you, you have the boss come at you. Here, think about this. If I'm believing truth, the boss, the boss comes at me and says, this is not a good job on the project, but I can believe in my, if I'm believing truth in the core of who I am, I can still have the emotion of sadness or whatever, but now it's connected to truth. I'm not a failure. This is not my core identity. I may not have done a good job on this particular project, but I am who God says and I am. I am who God says and I am. And if I'm feeling a way of shame or I'm feeling a way of unworthiness that's connected to a lying belief and I don't have to embrace that truth. I had that false belief of being inadequate or being a failure and I have to achieve in my performance to get my worth. That was that was my lie and and then if I don't then I'm depressed or I'm my boss is going to glare at me or get mad at me or whatever and 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 and, and now I'm believing that I my self-worth is in Christ. I'm prepared. I can deal with what other people reject me or criticize or point because I'm not a failure anymore because they may criticize my performance, but my identity is not in my performance. And so now it's it's believing the truth of who we are. I don't have to believe that I'm a failure, even though I may have gotten my my boss may have criticized my performance. I don't have to embrace that as my and so we don't have and here's what this does this releases blame on your boss or on anybody else because 
we begin to take ownership of what we're feeling and believing and how we responded. Because we may have responded by saying, oh, criticized our boss behind it. Or, oh, boy, if that boss just wasn't so hard on me all the time, then I wouldn't have to, you know, all this kind of... No, because then now, now it's like, and yes, our boss, this is not even about that. I'm using this example. This is all about you. It's the way you're responding because you're responding out of a false belief. So we don't have to blame others, we can take responsibility for our own actions and realize that the cause of this anxiety, the cause of this this uh, sadness or, or fear or whatever was this, this false belief. And we begin to reject it. I reject that in the name of Jesus because my worth as a person is in Christ. My worth and my identity is in Him. And the more and more this happens... The more and more this kind of works for us because we realize that that emotional response is coming from a belief system. And so here's recognizing this the emotion's not enough though. So we're going to end with this. I've gone too long today, but this is so important because the next question is within well, what do I believe? What do I feel? And so that's the first question. Second question is why am I feeling this way? And the third one is, what, what do I believe? What, what specific false belief uh, am I, is, is, is connected to this? Okay? So, um, so recognizing the emotion, recognizing the belief is not enough. Rejecting it is not enough. Now, the, the third part, which is the most important part, is, the re, is replacing. So this is where the taking every thought captive. I've taken it captive. Okay, I've recognized it, I've rejected it, I've given it to God, and now the third part is then obedient to Christ, which means God now is replacing, that's the key, that's the third word, okay, replacing this with truth. So recognizing the emotions, not enough, okay, yeah, I'm recognizing that I'm, that my, that I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling uh, afraid or I'm feeling sad, okay, but okay, go to the next one. And I can reject the, and I, I'm, 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 I can reject this lying belief, but, but merely, um, merely recognizing that is not enough. What has to happen is truth has to be replaced. There has to be a new stronghold of truth that's established there, a foundation of truth. That's why I say, oh, identity is so important. Okay, now here, and here's a couple things to remember as we end. Just merely saying affirmations about your identity in Christ isn't going to just instantly, your mind isn't going to instantly agree with this, okay? Okay, so in other words, I'm completely loved by God. Well, I, 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 if I keep saying that over and over again, that isn't going to magically just get me to believe that I'm completely loved by God. Over time, though, as I begin to embrace that, I begin to say it, and I begin to, the Spirit's convincing me, I can still, I begin to choose to believe it and accept it as truth. Then it becomes transformational. It becomes firmly planted and rooted inside of me that God does love me. Okay, you're, uh, So affirming that truth does help because it's developing that stronghold of truth, which is demolishing the stronghold of the lie. Right? So I'm affirming the truth about my identity in Christ, about a specific, you have to get specific on the false belief. So if your false belief is I'm a failure, okay, you've got to get specific about affirming truth in that particular lying belief. Well, no, you're not a failure because you're you're you've been made new in Christ. Okay, that's not that's not who you are. You're not a failure because um, because God has completely forgiven you and you're fully pleasing to God. You don't have to fear the fear of failure 
because you're not a failure in Christ. Okay, so that it has to go to that specific. So for me, unworthiness, I had to go to that specific belief of finding my worth and value and significance in what Jesus had accomplished in and to me and through me. Okay, and so so we you take your time as you go through this. I hope you've written down some of these questions. And begin to get specific on what is the emotion, what is the lying belief, and then begin to realize what is truth about that, and is it true, okay? And just continue to let that, let that process, as, as, as the Spirit of God reveals to you, you recognize it, and then, um, and then it's, you reject it, and then it's replaced with God's truth. Okay, so this is the source. This is when we talk about second thing is a source. We begin to determine the source of these destructive thoughts and behaviors, and we just we discover that the emotions are connected to those, to those. Um, so we got to live from a new source, which is Christ in us, and then we can detect it, we can recognize it, and reject it, and then fourthly, then it's replaced with truth, and then we begin to respond in our actions now out of truth. Our boss comes at us, and he's criticizing our performance, but now my worth is not based on my performance. I'm living in truth. I can, I can receive his feedback, learn from it, and grow from it, but not take ownership of that as I'm just a failure, I'm no good, I'm unworthy, and yet I don't have to receive that as that. I can reject that and live out of, well, no, in Christ, I am completely loved, completely forgiven, fully free. I'm not going to take ownership of that, even though... I'm feeling it, even though my boss may be criticizing my performance, that is not the truth of my identity in Christ. Does that make sense? I hope it does, uh, because this is so important. So, And how, how again, how are we going to know that this transformation is happening, the renewing of the mind? Your mind's beginning to think truthful thoughts. You take, you're taking those thoughts captive, right? You're making it obedient to Christ. Okay? You're, you're, you're thinking truthful thoughts instead of the lying thoughts. Okay, you're believing God's truth instead of the lies. Okay, now your feelings are still going to be there, but the emotional impact, remember that interpretation earlier of the cat example, right? Okay, your feelings still feelings are neutral. We're going to go into this going we're going to go into this uh, in our next series, but feelings will now be be connected to truth about you. So I can still feel some sadness, still feel anxiety, still feel afraid, still feel fear, but yet now if it's connected to truth, I don't have to respond out of my emotions. Most people are responding out of their emotions instead of what's true about you. And so then we begin to make choices. Here's where it really gets it. We begin to make choices and react based on truth, which I'm now believing and I'm now thinking, and this is now... I have God confidence because I'm, I'm, now, I'm now seeing that he's the stronghold of my life. He's the stronghold of truth in my life. He is my life. He, and then he is my source for demolishing those lies, for demolishing those arguments. For de- and it's his divine power. He is the source that produces all of this in me. And we begin to experience change in our behavior, transform because this has happened. I know this sounds kind of daunting and overwhelming to you, but I hope I tried to keep this as simple as I could. What is it you feel? Uh, why do you feel that way? And how is that connected? To what, what false belief is that connected to? And then is it based on truth? And then what is it I believe? What is it that I believe? 
And then how can I respond now? How can I respond out of truth? How can I respond out of truth? Because then that's going to be the key is that if you want transformed behavior, there has to be transformed belief systems. There does. And so in conclusion, all this, you begin to choose to live from this Christ-like source because you are, you have Christ in you. And, and this is incredibly freedom, freeing. Freedom is amazing. Freedom is incredible because now you're living from the truth of who you already are versus some lie that is not true about you. It's you, even though you've been maybe been living out of these lies for so long, it doesn't change the reality that you're still free. You're still tr- and that's still true. But you've been choosing to live out of a lie for so long, you don't even know it. It's subconscious at this point. So I would encourage you to engage the Holy Spirit in this. This is what we do with our <laughs> with our clients that we go through and this is I hope this has been helpful. Please reach out to us. Uh, we're excited about what we have coming up. We've got some really cool things coming up down the road. I hope you'll continue to stay with us and join us. Please reach out to us if you'd like to pursue your own one-on-one coaching. If you have any questions for us, any feedback, any comments. I know this was kind of long today, so maybe you had to do this in two parts. But uh, I hope you got some, some, some benefit from it. Uh, so thanks for joining us today. And as we say here on this podcast, come as you are and find freedom. We'll talk to you next time.